Hi, I'm Brett Terpstra, and this is Systematic on ESN. My guest this week is writer and actor David Wayne. It's been almost a year since the last time we talked, and a lot's happened. How's it going, David? Hi, Brett. I'm very good. Happy to talk to you again. <laughs> your your uh, your levels are fluctuating. Are you moving? No, now it's better. Now I I just was uh, in an unprofessional distance from the microphone, and now here I am, <laughs> straight forward. Like, in, like, remember that movie Choose Me with Genevieve Bujold? I do not. not. It was a weird indie film that somehow I saw when I was a kid, and um, it was about a soft-spoken, sexy DJ on the radio. Wasn't that called Pump Up the Volume? It was sort of like that, actually, but just a little quieter. <laughs> All right. So let's see. I guess I want to start with the recent stuff. Last time we talked, we, we kind of covered your entire uh, history through from like Stella on. Oh, dear. And uh, for people who don't know, you are the creator of Wet Hot American Summer, among many, many other things. Um, but there was a recent uh, Netflix-only release of the... Uh, week before, like, like the prequel to What Hot American right. Summer, and uh, it was called First Day of Camp, and if anyone hasn't seen it, you should go see it. Uh, you, you can even watch it before you watch What Hot American Summer, if for some reason you haven't seen that. If you but, want to enjoy it in story order, you would watch yeah. that first, and then watch the movie that we made 15 years ago next. But if you want to enjoy it for kitsch value, it's actually better to watch them in reverse. Right. Watch them in production order. There was a very, um, in the original, there was a very intentional uh, level of uh, continuity error. Right. So, like. Sometimes, though, when we, we, because the movie had an absurdist um, part of the vocabulary, we would sometimes just make mistakes and then be like, oh, it's a joke. <laughs> that works well when you're making a, an absurdist movie. Or we just didn't have the resource. Like we, we didn't have, we couldn't build the set the right way, or we couldn't get that other camera angle right, or whatever. And then we would say, "Let's pretend that we meant to do that," and then we'll call it a joke. <laughs> the uh, the most insightful thing for me was uh, well, first, I, I'm a big fan of this movie, and I know it's it's probably not everyone's cup of tea, but I think you could classify it as a cult classic at this point. At this point, it really has changed because it was trashed by critics and audiences uh, when it first came out. <laughs> and now everybody that I know absolutely loves it. Um, the, the cool people like it. I, everyone I know is cool, I guess. Yeah. So uh, I, there was a documentary also released on Netflix called uh, Hurricane of Fun. Right. Uh, this was my friend Amy Rice was the stills photographer on the original shoot back in the year 2000. And she also just took tons and tons of video footage that unlike most video footage of a film set <clears throat> was much less just shooting the scenes being shot and a lot of the cast and crew just cavorting around uh, after hours <laughs> and having fun. And um, she really got in there in ways that a, a real documentary filmmaker only could and, and not just an you know, electronic press kit crew. Yeah. Uh, and so it, it's, she made a really cool documentary that she never really even looked at the footage too carefully until 15 years later and she put together this really cool little slice of what that was like. Well, the, I think the coolest thing about the documentary was seeing... I mean, most people realize that just about every member of the cast went on to great things. Um, yeah. And to see this hurricane of fun, to see interviews with people like Amy Poehler and Bradley Cooper 
at such an early point in their career, or at least in their film careers. Yeah, I mean, it was Bradley Cooper's first job, really. It was Elizabeth Banks' first movie, and uh, a lot of most of them, I was the first movie I'd ever worked on in in any capacity, and it was really. Uh, it was that kind of vibe where everyone was excited and it was a talented group of people, but very early on in their careers. They were fascinating conversations, especially the parts where they were uh, drinking and had yeah. no inhibitions at all. <laughs> I, there- uh, I haven't even seen the full movie yet because I'm waiting. There's a screening here in Los Angeles this week, and so I'm going to go see it. There's a screening after a Netflix release? Well, it's just, yeah, it's just a... I think it's great to have screenings of movies at any point in time because it's just different to see anything with an audience, whether it's an episode of a TV show or a movie or anything. Sometimes we showed episodes of our show, Children's Hospital, at the um, Alamo Draft House in Austin. We had the, like a little marathon, and it was such a different and awesome experience to see. You know, comedy is really meant to be seen with a group, and it's it's different. I Yeah, I could totally, totally see that. I often feel... Watching um, just things like Children's Hospital alone, I, I feel like if I were with a group of people who got this, it yeah. would be way more fun. It, it's true. I just think that's that's what you know. To laugh with other people together is a whole different thing. You have a, it, a no offense, a, a bizarre sense of humor. You and Showalter both. <laughs> where does this uh, where, where does this come from? And do you have a lot of? Do you have a lot of friends that you can sit around and and they get you? Yeah, I mean, I've I think that it really has to do with the fact that as a kid, I I loved certain things that were a little off kilter or even just you know, mainstream, but still the slightly off kilter side of it, like Steve Martin and uh, and Woody Allen's movies and and Mel Brooks and all that stuff. And then I think as I grew older, I just was encouraged in those directions or wasn't shut down. And I think a lot of the members of the state, the group we were all together in college, were coming from similar kinds of um, sensibilities. And then when when we got together, we really encouraged it in each other. And we really like taught each other and gave each other license to uh, follow through on our sillier instincts or our more out there comedic instincts, knowing that, you know, in, in the, the power in numbers. And so I think that's kind of how and why so many of us from that original group back in the late 80s uh, still are at it today. I have a question which uh, especially pertains to um, Children's Hospital, but uh, to everything that you've produced. Do, does anyone on the writing team say no to things? Of course, all <laughs> okay. constantly. I mean, it's, you know, the part of the, the way you do comedy is, is in quantity. And I learned that lesson early on where you have to pick the best 10 jokes out of a thousand instead of the best 10 out of 15. And that's how you get it right. You know, or the 10, you know, ideas, storylines, whatever it is, you know, things you, even with things you've shot, the more kill ratio you have, the better quality what you have is. Sometimes, sometimes when I see something that makes me laugh out loud, I really want to know the 10 ideas that were discarded <laughs> before that. Well, there's a, a link to the titles that we all, that Mike I've and seen I that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, considered when we were doing Wet Hot American Summer and you can, be sure that we rejected all of them except for that one. So. Were those for real? No, that was absolutely for real. That that, wow. that came from an abs from a uh, 
an iChat conversation that I still have the record of where we were going back and forth trying to figure it out. <laughs> it's almost hard to believe that that was genuine. It seems like they were made up in post. No, they really weren't. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so let's see. I guess my biggest question would be how hard was it to get the entire cast of Wet Hot back together for this prequel? Well, the the premise that we were going in with from the beginning was we want to get everybody back. We don't want it to be like some people, whoever was around, you know, we wanted to make sure that we did whatever we could to get almost or entirely everyone back. And as it turns out, we were able to just contact every single actor before we even took the idea into Netflix and say, we're thinking about doing this. If we do, are you in? And everyone said, yeah, let me know, you know? And then, so that was the big first step, just making sure people were interested, understanding that then there's deal making and scheduling to figure out. Um, but knowing that everyone wanted to do it was really the main thing. And then once we got the project up and running and then we had shoot dates and location and then it just became a lot of logistics and it was definitely more than the usual where we had to figure out and do a lot of gymnastics to figure out how to get every single person uh, there for enough time to shoot what we needed to and um, we had to do a lot of tricks to get you know sometimes we had to shoot scenes that didn't have everyone in them and put them together later and um, hopefully it's all seamless and uh, you can't really tell. I, uh, not, I, that would be the least of the continuity errors. Oh, actually, yeah. overall, there were, there's a scene in What Hot American Summer where, uh, he drives up on a, uh, motorcycle and the guy who drives up in the night scene has a perm. Right. Right. <laughs> oh, yes. Of course. <laughs> and I, I didn't feel like there was anything quite that drastic in the prequel, but there was plenty of, uh, comedy related to the fact that, this this didn't really make sense and preparing for the fact that they were going to under they were going to unage 10 years right <laughs> yeah i mean uh, we we just had a lot of fun with it obviously we're not trying to fool anyone or trying to make it seem 100% real but we enjoy playing with the genre conventions and the conventions of telling a story on film and then um making the world as real and as exactly as we remember it as we can as a base so that then all the absurdism has somewhere to, to go from. Which is also the, uh, the philosophy applied to, they came together, uh, which was mm -hmm. as we, as we talked about last time was a, a brilliant lampooning of a genre. Thank you. Yes. Um, so uh, let's see, uh, another period just jumping tracks here. Yeah. Did you have anything to do with the creation of that or were you an actor no, only? I really didn't, but I was so, uh, I, I can't believe, I just love that show. Um, I play a, a small part on it this season because the truth is that I had, I was just ramping up into doing Wet Hot American Summer. So I really didn't have time to come shoot very much. Um, but the creators of the show, Natasha and Ricky were so uh, awesome and wanted me to be a part of it. And so they wrote me uh, essentially out of most of the episodes in the middle. <laughs> um, I don't know when this is airing, but tomorrow night uh, is the season finale. But you can, you're, anybody can catch up on these shows. Um, but it's a really funny show, and I'm super impressed with how they did it. And they, they all, like Wet Hot, did it very quickly, very low budget, but it came together great. Um, Jeremy uh, Connor, the... Um, director who did uh 
um, Drunk History was the the director who did all the episodes, and it, they just did a great job. Oh, I didn't realize he directed them. Yeah. Nice. Your episode on Drunk History was fun, too. Um, Thank you. And I think there's another, the, the new Drunk History starting up now, and I think, I mean, I know that I have a segment on that as well. I've been waiting for it to come back. I keep checking on Hulu. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nice. But, uh, yeah, another period, the, uh, the uh, pilot... <clears throat> I think I actually texted you right after it because I laughed so hard, and then I bought it on iTunes. Been watching the whole season. I think it keeps getting better and better, don't you? I think after I think the first episode after the pilot mm-hmm. lulled a little bit, and right. then it ramped back up. And yeah, yeah. And I just think that the, it just it's uh, it's the the premise for those who don't know is it takes place in 1902, I think, in Rhode Island, and it's like Downton Abbey, but American and like told almost like a reality show um and also just silly absurdism like wet hot or children's hospital and it's it's really uh well done though and it would seem like maybe that's a premise that only can go so far but they have a lot of great characters and a lot of inventive storylines and i can't wait to see it each week yeah well and it covers uh some some topical things like women's issues Oh yeah, uh, voting rights. Uh, There's a lot of commentary. There's, it's, it gets pretty political. It gets pretty dark at points. I think um, that's what I loved about it from yeah, the beginning. There's, there's something bold about it. It's just it's not a safe show. It's it's they do a great job. And the uh, the the cuts between with the MTV Cribs music yeah. overdubbed. That's great. I think uh, Snoop Dogg does the uh, theme song. Are you serious? Like I think it was so. custom recorded. I believe that's the case. Uh, anyone listening can double check that, but I think it's true. That's hilarious. Oh, all right. So we're, we're having a good time so far, don't you think, Brett? Oh, I th- you mean on this show or in another period? No, no, no. On, on this podcast, I think we're having a great time. I do too. I just wanted to take a moment and and, and acknowledge yeah. the good times. <laughs> I really appreciate you being here. You are by far the most um, most dependable. L.A. person that I know. Wow. Well, you know, I think when I had kids uh, starting seven years ago, I realized that if I, I don't get I will nothing will ever happen unless I just do it when I have to do it. I just had to supercharge my time management and my task management or else I would just fall apart. Um, and I have become <laughs> more productive since having kids somehow. Yeah, I've, I was just going to say, I, I feel like having kids would slow down a career that was, you know, creative, a creative career, but you've actually put out more in the last seven years. I think I haven't quantified this by far. Yeah. Well, I think it's just because it forces you to work. It forces you to get off your ass a, because you, you don't have enough time anymore, nearly the same amount of time you used to. And also because you have to earn money to feed these children. And (laughs) those together really make you like when it's time to sit at your office, you better get something done. Um, whereas for years and years and years, I would sit around and, you know, a whole day would go by and I wouldn't do anything. I'd be like, who cares? There's always tomorrow. You know, there's always tonight. And that just isn't the case. You know, every hour is so precious now. So it does, you know, it forced me to get my own office and, you know, figure, figure stuff out. I wonder if I can find a similar impetus without having children. <laughs> just pretend. Well, it's like that thing of don't wait for you to have a heart attack to start taking care of your health. So don't wait to have children to start getting your act together. It's really funny that you said that because it's going to come up again, assuming we're doing top picks. Do you have top picks? 
Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll reveal that later then. Um, can we talk about tools then? Since, By the way, does, since, it, does it get warm where you are now this time of year? It did. It was in the 90s, but now it's like a high of 72 this week. Perfect. It is perfect. That it's convertible great. weather. I'll come visit one day. You should. It's All a right. beautiful place. I can only I only can just visualize it in my head whenever I read your stuff or and, listen to you. And we have all the water you could want. All right. Lakes of it. <laughs> well, we're going to get El Nino this winter in the <laughs> West Coast, and so we'll have our water back. Will, will you get snow? Will it snow in California? I think that it's just those torrential. If I was here for the El Nino that came in the 90s, and it was really insane because the city's not set up for it and just basically shut down the entire city, just these I torrential like storms. Yeah, I've seen San Francisco shut down for any significant amount of rain. Yeah. All Sorry. right. Anyway, you were saying. I was saying, let's, uh, if we can, let's move the conversation to tools because I'm always interested in what, uh, what you use when you, be, when you get productive. Yeah. Um, well, I manage my tasks with things from Culture Code, yeah. which um, I don't love, but I like best of the options out there. Um, and I have that all hooked into my iOS and my, uh, mail plane and it works pretty well. Um, but like any task manager, if you just keep dumping more and more and more tasks on it and don't do them, it will fill up. (laughs) (laughs) That Um, kind of defeats the purpose of a task manager. At that point it's a notebook. Yeah, I mean, David Sparks said the obvious uh, on his thing some time ago, which is like, at a certain point, you just are, you're too busy, and it doesn't matter how well you manage your tasks, it's yeah. just not going to work. Um, but that's that's what I work from, and I try to keep my email, email box empty and put everything in, in the to-do list and keep that organized best I can. Uh, sometimes it works better than others, and um, I try to put things on the calendar, even if it's... You know, anytime anything's going to take up a specific amount of time, I'm, I put it on the calendar so it actually can happen. And um, it's an ongoing process, and I'm trying always not to spend my time fiddling with the process, but actually doing the work. Um, what do you use for a calendar app? I use I I use both um, BusyCal and Fantastical. Nice. I don't I don't like the Fantastical full screen uh interface on the mac because it has that sidebar that you can't hide um yeah i, I rarely just, use the full screen view yeah, but it's not it's not good but but I, I understand that you could just get in the habit of using ju- just the menu bar which you know a lot of it just has to do with my frustration with so many things is f- software that forces you to do it any certain way why can't you change it up as you wish all the time you know and particularly the more recent apple software just really frustrates me that way um in fact i was just editing something this morning on final cut 10 which is just eminently frustrating (laughs) yes um but uh so anyway, BusyCal is uh, very good for me because I like to just drag and drop dates around and, and, and things, which is not nearly as easy on Fantastical. And then on the, um, the iPhone, I also use uh, Fantastical. Nice. I, I, I am primarily a Fantastical user, but BusyCal is also an awesome app that I followed from the beginning. Those guys are great, too. Yeah. Um, do you uh, do you said mail plane, so I assume you're, you're a Gmail guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've tried. I think I've tried every alternate alternative to to mail plane, including the new <laughs> one, Kiwi. Um, 
and it's never been beat, even though it's, it, it, it's not perfect. I don't love it entirely, but um, it seems like the best plan. Well, for anyone who doesn't know, Mailplane is basically a wrapper around the Gmail web interface that adds a very, uh, a very good amount of Mac shortcuts. Yeah, exactly. And it also just makes it a separate app, which to me is crucial. And, and with automatic login and everything, yeah. Yeah. And um, I like I'm like I like to, you know, close and turn off my email when I'm working the best I can, you know. And so it's just nice to have that as a separate thing and then I have my better touch tool um gestures that bring up things. You you are such a nerd. Well, I learned it from you. <laughs> um, do you do anything when you said you keep your, your inbox empty? Do you actually manually read everything and decide what to do with it? Uh, yeah. What else would I do? I mean, well, I have, I have some, I do, I use SaneBox. Okay, perfect. Um, and I also have a few actual Gmail filters that yeah. I use, but I largely use SaneBox and I use that a lot. And I, and I, I, I do a sort of a combination, but I think I have it down in a way that works for me where certain things get, I, I, I try not to just push so many emails because <laughs> I know I'm just moving the can down the street 10 feet and then I have to hit it again. So I try to just, you know, deal with something when it's in front of me and then, so I don't have to look at it ever again. I like um, having, I like having SaneBox email, uh, mailboxes that I, will remind me about an email in a day because there are times like my system is set up so that once I read something, it disappears. I have to do something with it right away. Otherwise it leaves my inbox. How Um, do you have a magic way that does that? I, yeah, I have a few magic ways. Mostly it only works on my Mac because I use, um, I use, uh, mailmate with a series of smart mailboxes so my inbox basically only shows me things that are unread. Wow. Cool. And once they're read, it's empty. And so I don't have to delete or archive everything consciously. Right. But if I want to turn something into a task or remind myself about it, I have to do it immediately, uh, which actually has worked out well for me in that general. That creates the habit. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, then, I do the, the little one key shortcut so it, it yeah. archives and moves to the next one every time and so i kind of do the same thing i should show you my uh my my one key shortcuts for um mailmate they're I'm all sure. based on gmail they're fun but yeah and then sane boxes is a crucial part of that for me yeah it's super helpful but i try not to have so many boxes either yeah. i just try to keep it it's have one list and it's good it's empty it's empty it's empty but i know that it's it doesn't make sense to deal with everything immediately necessarily, but I do try to keep it out of the inbox. Yeah. I use the default ones and I, I really, I have one that's called, um, annoying shit. I want to see later. And if I drag something in there, it will put it back in my inbox in a day. Well, I once made a a Gmail box of things to watch or like little shorts or videos that I'm supposed to watch. And I, it's been years and years and years. When the hell am I going to do that? When I'm sick someday? I don't know. (laughs) Do you use pocket? Or anything yes. similar? Yes, I use Pocket. Do you do you find yourself uh, going back to it frequently? Well, you know what I do is I now use Voice Dream all the time. What's that? Um, if Voice Dream basically takes your Pocket feed or anything else, your Insta paper or or just text or anything you throw at it, and it it it's a it reads it in voice, which of course Pocket can do now as well, but it does it more 
robustly and with you know your choice of really good voices and so on. And so whenever I'm in the car or running, I often will just go to my voice stream feed, which is actually mimic, you know, it, it replicates exactly my pocket feed. And then I can just listen to all this stuff. That is, I, I like that idea. Yeah, it's great. I, uh, I should be running more. <laughs> I, uh, well, do it does motivate me. It does, you know, I know that like, if I go for a run, then I get to like read whatever it is that I wanted to read because I, more and more and more, I, I, I like to listen to things less, less than reading them out regularly. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense actually. And, and you plus, can make it go as fast as you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that, uh, the idea of associating exercise with news reading yeah. would be really good for me. I mean, I don't, and I try, you know, I also listen to podcasts and music as well, but it's just fun to, um, to have that option and here I'll, I'll give you a little, uh, just your, everyone can hear just a tiny taste of voice stream. Here it goes. Emmys, Amazon, Netflix, break into the mix for comedy prize variety.com. This. See? Nice. <laughs> what was that? Like two X speed? That was, well, there's no actual X speed cause it's computer voice. So it can just be whatever size you want, whatever nice. speed you want. Um, uh, that w- reminded me of, oh, did you get an Apple Watch? No. I, I wanna, I, I'd like to say I don't want one. I'm not interested, but I said that about having a cellular phone. Uh, <laughs> and I said that about an iPad, and I said that about an iPhone. And I, but I, I will say, currently at this time, it does not hold my interest. I feel like one more extra layer of gadget just feels insane to me. Well, and, and I had initially said I wasn't getting one. Yeah, uh, but then I decided I wanted to develop for one, and then it became a tax write-off. So I went ahead. Sure. Well, that's that's fair. And it has surprisingly, a it has improved just by telling me to stand up every hour. Mm-hmm. It, it has improved my my habits when I'm working long hours, and b it has removed a layer of notifications for me. Instead of pulling my phone out regularly to see what's new. I just get a little beep, check my wrist, and it's done. And I find myself spending less time reading notifications than uh, I would with just that, my phone. I've heard that from people. I just find that hard to believe. Like my I would have too. My big goal is to try to put, like, leave my phone from time to time best I can, which I don't do often. But my, you know, I hope to, if I'm with my kids or something, and I know they're not going to be in trouble, I put keep the uh, phone in the glove compartment or the house for a few hours or something. And then I really am away from it. And then if I've got the watch, then screw it. And of course, well, the, my the, the watch doesn't watch work only, without your phone. So yeah, that's the other thing like that. And that <laughs> seems like also kind of cuckoo. Like then why did I, why do I have the watch if I need the phone too um, all the time? You'll just, see when, when you, know. you buckle and get one. Well, also the, the, the idea that like you have to turn it towards you a certain way just to even see what time it is. I just like, I have a watch and I wear it and I look at it and it's always got the time, 24-7. You can always look at it. See, I think that makes a difference because I haven't worn a watch for a decade mm. until now. So all of a sudden, having not having to pull my phone out to check the time seems right. so convenient. But yeah, I could have done it for a lot less money. Well, that's the, you know, for me, when I don't have my watch on, that's when I would go a little nuts because I just, I'm habitually just making sure I know what time it is and to... I know that a lot of people use their phone as their the clock, but that's that that is a big sort of breakup of your rhythm to have to pull out your phone and click it on just to see what time it is. Yeah, it's almost uh, once once you take it for granted that that's how you check the time, you right. forget how much of um of an interruption that is. 
right, to, to right. what you're doing. I'll obviously keep watching the watch and see how the next one looks and so on. But I just so far am not feeling the need. Well, honestly, the first version of the OS is it's disappointing. Um, yeah. Like it takes me longer to get a weather forecast on my watch from third party apps than it would right. to pull out my phone and check it. I just feel like I have we all obviously have our phones enough. And I just feel like once you put the phone away, that's a good time to really put put it away like you know and then just that means i don't want the notification it means i, 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 I can see what you're saying my life but of course i can set i can set my um what's it called when you turn off everything not airplane mode but oh do not disturb mode i can right. set that from my watch with two taps right right which is nice too but anyway all right we'll so so the I'm answer to my it. question was no no i don't have the apple watch <laughs> fair enough um Let's see. Do you do you want to do some top three picks then? Sure. I think I feel like. Well, did you have anything you wanted to talk about slash ask before we started that? Brett, only what you're interested in is, is your your interests are my interests. That's how that works. It, it works both ways. Well, I, I mean, my obvious my ongoing question for you is how's your your note taking software going? It is coming along nicely. I, I will be honest. The uh, the biggest delay is I uh, my. Uh, a psychiatrist retired. Oh no! And uh, they passed me on to a new psychiatrist, and he quit the first week. And then they passed me on to this PA from Iowa, and he decided to do me the favor of cutting all of my ADHD meds. Oh. <laughs> and for a month, I found myself just unable to finish anything. Can um, I tell you? That's just tragic. You can't do that. You really can't. I mean, I, I I went and I asked. I said I don't I don't want to I want to try something other than stimulants. I wanted yeah. to try like Provigil, okay. and uh, he just said, "Oh, well, we'll just cut everything." Oh my god! So goodness. yeah, um, but I I kind of have that working out, and we're back to work on the replacement. David Halter and I. Uh, he's been doing more work than I have for the last month and a half, but uh, but it is coming along, and it is scheduled for release this year. All right, let's get going. Come on. Yes, sir. I'm really very excited for that. You will be happy to know that the uh, the upcoming marked update includes several fountain improvements. Oh, that's good to hear. Including fixes for dual dialogue display. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know this one Mac down? Yeah. Do you like that? Um, as far as uh, Markdown editors, it's yeah. it's not my favorite. No. It's good. They're all they all pretty much do the same thing. I'm still a fan of uh multi markdown composer and right. oh, becoming yeah. more of a fan of Ulysses as well. But with Ulysses, tell me if I'm wrong, you can't actually just keep opening up your same NV Alt Dropbox. Yeah, you can files. you can set up external folders in the new version. Oh, checking it out. See, I knew something would come up. <laughs> what do you write on on your iPad or iPhone? Uh, not much. Okay, because, I didn't either. Yeah. Got yeah. really into Byword on my iPad though. I just I like to type with my fingers, and I don't have or particularly want an external keyboard for the iPad because the laptop is so small. It's not that much bigger than the iPad or heavier. See, so that, that, I bought a, a Retina MacBook Pro, so, so that's suddenly not true anymore. But it's but but I mean, it's all so relative. You have to think about that. Like you can still carry it wherever you want to carry it. Where do you, where can you take an iPad that you can't take a MacBook Pro? Um. It well, still fits in your backpack. 
you know, you still can't fit an iPad in your pocket. So, yeah, well, and I've always been of that persuasion, but I recently, uh, I got a good external keyboard. I mm-hmm. bought it from my Apple TV, but it has a, a switch on it so you can connect three devices. Oh, cool. So I flipped it to my iPad and decided just to write an article on my iPad only, uh, especially because iOS 9, which I'm beta testing, uh, gives me split screen. Right, right. Uh, it actually became a really good writing tool. I was really impressed with it. But you're right, without an external keyboard, I find it uh, unusable for any extended writing. And also, yeah. And for me, just and no particular point, you know, like, the, as I said, I, I have no hesitation to just take the laptop wherever I go. Well, I always laugh at people who, who think they can't write without distraction, like they're unable to ignore other things on their computers. Yeah. But something about being on the iPad and max two apps at a time. Right. It did improve my my focus. Well, I did. I, I hear you. And I actually just today for the I did a rare thing, which is I just I went out to the coffee shop to read something on my iPad. Uh, didn't bring the laptop. And it does help you. You're right. It does. I mean, everything, all those little aesthetic things do help. But um, I think it's also good to develop that discipline to say, OK, for the next 20 minutes, I'm doing this and I'm not going to jump over to other apps. Yeah. Well, and I, I used to be much better at discipline. I've, I've actually well, devolved in that area. Get back on those meds. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to. Oh, well, and I got a prescription from Anaphidil or like Provigil. Mm-hmm. And my insurance company has taken a week and a half to, to approve it. Use my name. Call them up and, and drop my name. See if it helps. <laughs> Will do. All right. Any, any other questions pressing? Uh, no, okay. but I continue to, even in the, in the old updated version, I just still envy alt is like every day, all day. I'm, I'm reading my show notes out of it right now. I, I understand the importance of it too. There are more users of envy alt by 14 times than any of my other apps. Wow. The numbers are six digits, uh, over the last few years. The one thing I sometimes, I don't know if your new one's going to do this. The one thing I just, you know, I, sometimes I just open it up in something else just to look at it while I'm typing uh, with a little bit of formatting. Yeah. Even, and, and marked doesn't quite do that because you can't actually type in marked, right? No, well, yeah. right. You have to yeah. save what you're working on for it to show right. up. Although so, there's yeah. a version, the NV alt version that I'm using locally, which no one else has, can stream to marked. So literally, when you type a key, it shows up in Mark instantly. Well, with no you know, waiting. Aren't, for, aren't you special? Well, yeah, and well, it's a feature I built into Marked, and it's in the latest version. But I haven't released the NVL update that makes it happen. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and do that? Yeah, I, re- I really should. I think it was a year ago we talked, and you asked where the update was. Yeah, I have literally changed nothing in that update, but have yet to put it out. All right, I would say after this, you know, get a <laughs> cup of coffee and then do it. <laughs> All right. All right. I, I leave on vacation on Wednesday, so hopefully before then I can yeah. pull that off. Good idea. This episode of Systematic is brought to you by Smile. Smile loves podcasts and everyone loves a great deal, so Smile is offering 20% off new licenses for all of their software when you purchase directly from them from now through October 15th, 2015. 
This goes for the full trifecta of their magnificent Mac software, PDF Pen, the all-purpose Mac PDF editor where you can add signatures, text, and images to PDFs. You can make changes and correct typos. You can do all of this to OCR scan documents too and export in Microsoft Word format with much, much more. PDF Pen Pro lets you start making interactive forms, building tables of contents, and converting web pages to PDFs. And of course, the magnificent, wonderful text expander saves your fingers and your keyboard, expanding custom keyboard shortcuts into frequently used text and pictures. A link to Brett's handy text expander tools is in the show notes. Fair warning, the 20% discount does not apply to upgrades or ebooks, just brand new licenses to PDF Pen, PDF Pen Pro, and Text Expander. The discount also cannot be combined with other offers and is not available for purchases through the Mac App Store. You only get it when you buy directly from Smile's web store by going to smilesoftware.com systematic or just use the coupon code systematic at checkout. Support great software and great people by paying for great software from Smile. No matter what kind of work you do, they'll save you time and sanity. This episode of Systematic is also brought to you by Symbolicons by Jory Raphael. Jory curates and designs the majority of our show art on ESN, including Systematic, as well as Brett's other show, Overtired. For our comic show, Giant Size, he created a custom typeface by hand. The similarly handmade icons you can find at Symbolicons.com are great and can, with purchase, be used for personal, commercial, and client projects, including advertising, web design, software applications, multimedia design, film, video, and computer games. The icons you buy from Symbolicons.com can be altered, cropped, or otherwise modified or manipulated for your needs, too. Let's say you're making a web series, a short film, an app, a game, something that really requires pro-quality icon graphics to make it look good, but your budget doesn't allow for a firm or individual designers from scratch rate. Symbolicons gives you great quality and a far-from-generic level of variety at a more-than-reasonable price. You can save 40% on any of the four icon bundles if you use the offer code ESN1 at checkout. You should also follow Jory's year of icons on Instagram. He's at Sensible World. Since he's doing everything from everyday objects to comics characters to Thundercats to James Bond wordplay, it's a great daily surprise in your feed. Again, go to Symbolicons.com and use code ESN1 to get 40% off your choice of icon bundle. Before we get back to the show, and even though Sanebox sponsored our last episode and not this one specifically, since David Wayne mentions it earlier in this episode as an indispensable email tool, we should mention that you can still support Systematic by going to Sanebox.com slash ESN to do the two-week trial and save $25 when you do sign up for the service. Now back to the show. All right, so let's do some top picks. All right. I'll let you start with your uh, your first pick. And this can be anything, right? Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you the thing that I'm really obsessed with right now, and I know I'm behind the times, and this is something that maybe you've talked about or other people for years, but I just got on the board with TV show Orphan Black. Do you know this? I actually don't. Oh, my God. Okay, so you're so lucky that you're hearing about this from me, and you're <laughs> going to thank me, and so is everyone listening. Um, it's a show that is done by the BBC in Canada, and it is a story about a woman who discovers that she has some clones of herself, other women who grew up with the who are genetic identicals of her. And she has to figure out why and what's going on. And it's like this sci fi thriller series. It's three seasons. It is absolutely the most engrossing, exciting, funny dramatic uh, show ever and she plays all these different amazing characters who are all these clones but are completely different in personality um, and the the woman Tatiana Maslany is just it's the greatest performance in television in decades it's it's hard to describe she's finally up for an Emmy this year so I highly recommend Orphan Black that is an amazing review yeah. um, I'm checking can I stream it 
Uh, I don't know. I know it's on, I got it on iTunes just to keep it simple. Oh, so it is. So oh, I, yeah, can, I can iTunes. get it. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, that appears to, I think it's on Amazon too, but yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I, I've been looking for a uh, new TV in the, uh, the summer drought. Well, this is the one, uh, this is the first one in a long time that I saw the first one and then I just couldn't stop. Nice. And, and I was like that with, um, uh, blacklist and then it kind of, mm, yeah. I don't know. I didn't love the that third story. season on, but the beginning, oh man. Yeah. Plus the soundtrack for blacklist. I found so many new artists just shazamming the end credits on every show. Right now I have to put this on my list because, uh, my list of TV shows I want to watch is just insane, but at least I have it. You, I, I would love to see your list if you ever want to share it with me. Oh my I, God. Uh, it's I, I, so I don't long. know what's good. It's long and it's also in, um, it's, I'm trying to keep it in rough order so I can just not get overwhelmed when I look at like it. Like a priority go, list? Yeah, go to the <laughs> next one. Nice. What do you do, by the way? Like, for example, I have, I just noticed that I now have two copies of it. One's conflicted here in my Envy Alt. Is there an easy way to compare one to the other and figure out what the differences are? Um, okay. A, that problem should have been solved a long time ago. I haven't seen a conflicted note in my well, box forever. You know what forever. creates it, though, is, is one writer. Because oh. one writer, I, I think I, it was you who recommended yeah. this. But the sync takes like a while on one writer. It's not a quick sinker. Yeah, right. and then you get delays and it doubles up. <laughs> I haven't experienced that, but I, I have scripts that basically just delete anything with the conflicted copy in parentheses in the name. Um, because generally the conflicted copy is the older one. Right. Um, so no, there's there. Yes. You could use like a, uh, like kaleidoscope to diff the text, mm -hmm. um, or just use diff on the command line, but it's actually easier. Uh, there's a box, uh, an app for Mac called revisions. Mm. That is, it's, um, it's the perfect history viewer for your Dropbox. And you can set it up to just filter to one folder so you could watch your NBL folder, see what changed, what got deleted, what uh, what got conflicted, and then compare things and restore them as needed just from That's like good. a menu bar interface. I feel like I've also once seen a web-based just like put one text in this window and one text yeah. in another window and then... Well, it's a basic... I mean, Unix has always been able to compare two text files. I see. Uh, so there are various interfaces, but it'll always be called diff, D-I-F-F. Okay. So if you just Google diff, you'll probably find ways to do it. Um, think uh, Apps like Drafts, no, Draft, mm -hmm. not Drafts on the iOS, but Draft the web app mm -hmm. does a great job of comparing revisions, things like that as you go to. Of course, so does Google. Google Docs does that, all right? All right but right. as far as NB Alt and Dropbox, yeah, check out revisions. All right. I love it. All right. So my first pick is a book. Um, I, I have, uh, begun reading again and I've gotten to a point where I read every night and this is after not really reading a book, not finishing a novel for over 10 years. I'm really envious of you and I'm going to do the same thing. I, well, I said that for years and I would start novel after novel and I had a stack of them next to my bed, but then I got, um, dirty job by Christopher Moore. Mm -hmm. And that was uh, a page turner for me. I, I couldn't stop. And so I bought more Christopher Moore. And I recently started a book called Lamb by Christopher Moore. And that's my pick for the week. It's uh, it's the story of Jesus 
told from the perspective of the best friend no one knew he had. And it is a very uh, sacrilegious, um, comedic view of, uh, of the basic uh, New Testament story. And would you recommend that over Dirty Job if you were going to read one? Um, you no, know, I would start with Dirty Job. Dirty Job is one of the best things I've ever read in the whole time. All I could think about was how much I wanted to write a screenplay to turn this into a movie. Wow. Got to check that out. Then. Yeah, I think I think you would love it. It's and the guy's style is I've I've described it as um uh I'm forgetting his name. Why did I forget? No, oh, Douglas Adams with ADHD. Oh wow! It's like Douglas Adams if he had no filter and just talked nonstop. I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, but yeah. After that, check out Lamb. All right, done. And then he has a brand new one coming out that I have on pre-order. Looking forward to. It's kind of a sequel to Dirty Job. So yeah. That's I'm psyched. That sounds right. great. So what's your second pick? Uh, well, um, it's a simple one, which is there's this thing called Glyph, G-I-L-I-F, mm-hmm. that I just got yesterday that I've loved. The hardware? Is, yeah, it's like yeah. a little thing that holds your phone mm-hmm. and you can put it on a, um, a tripod or just to lean it on something, on a desk or something. It's a very simple and elegant, tiny, sim- little tiny tool. It reminds me also of the Kinu. Uh, which is the thing that I use to put the phone in the car on the, it's just so much simpler than so many of those phone mounts. What is, just, how do you spell just, Kinu? K-E-N-U. Easy It enough. just sticks in your uh, air conditioning grate. So it's much simpler. You know, it's just like a simple solution yeah. to, instead of a complicated solution. Does it and fit I, a six plus? Yeah. To, uh, I have yes, a glyph that does. They have a larger one. Nice. Um, I have a six. So, yeah, but it's just... It's just a simple thing. And I also just started finally uh, using a Mophie uh, juice pack yeah. on my phone, which I, I was always resistant to because I didn't want to make, make the phone bigger. But I actually like the, the way it feels in my hand better than without it. Yeah, I, I think there's um, I think the six plus takes that to just the right. level beyond what I can stand the extra bulk on. Right, right. But I, well, I do I, have I, a battery battery pack separately. Right, right. Well, this is nice because it's always there. Yeah, and I always had I, I always had a Mophie on my everything since the four until I got the six plus. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, now I have this thing of I I need to have both USB and um, Lightning. Uh, <laughs> oh, dude, have you seen the cables from Amazon uh, and other places? I think uh, I think Monoprice makes them, and uh, they have a, the, you can flip the head between being. Uh, mini USB and a lightning. Yeah, I saw. Well, I I found one like that in my house. That I don't know if it's what you mean, but it just like you can. Yeah, you can just s- s- take off one of the heads. Yeah, and, and yeah. like it hangs from a an, uh, connection. Yeah, that's great. I I think that's what I probably need more of those. Around. It is excellent for travel, along with like an anchor five port wall charger, fifty watt. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I used to talk about cars back in the 50s. <laughs> oh, I still go to car shows, but yeah. Yeah. Ah, I'm so not buying another to... car. I'm not buying another car that's run on internal combustion. I'm not going to do it. I, I've said the exact same thing. I've yeah. been waiting for the uh, open source Tesla plans to filter their way into uh, my market. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I think they are going to. Oh, absolutely. I don't think I don't think uh, electric cars, you know, from domestic manufacturers could go much further without uh, without 
uh, absorbing that extra information. Right. Exactly. All right. And and for the record, I, I own two glyphs and I, I do love them. They're excellent. Studio Neat makes some great stuff. Um, yeah. Do it, people. <laughs> All right. So my Your second turn. my second pick uh, goes to the uh, heart attack uh, pick that I mentioned before. Um, I've always had high blood pressure. And uh, I've, in recent years, started actually worrying about it and have been uh, buying blood pressure monitors, usually just, you know, big cuffs. Mm-hmm. And then sitting down and tracking my blood pressure from day to day and seeing how I'm doing. And uh, I recently got one called the Omron 7 Series Wrist Blood Pressure Monitor. Catchy name. And uh, it's just a little uh, wrist device, uh, not much bigger than like an iPhone. And you strap it on your wrist and it takes a second to read the angle of your arm and it'll give you an indicator. So you raise and lower your arm until it gives you a blue light and then you hold still and it finds its own. Like the hardest part for me with cuffs was that you have to get them the right tightness to begin with, or they give Mm -hmm. you messed up readings. This adjusts itself before the reading. Interesting. And it's been it's been very ac- more accurate than I've ever been able to get with a home test. It, it sounds like someone built a better mousetrap in this category. Yeah. I like that. It's not as nice as the one they use at my dentist's office, which is the same idea but smaller. I should probably check my blood pressure once in a while anyway. We all should, huh? I don't want you to have a heart attack. Is there a home uh, colonoscopy kit? Uh, mm, no. Does Nest, does Nest make that? Huh? Okay. <laughs> Wi-Fi connected. Um <laughs> Yeah. Oh, no. I, I, I did start using the Ring doorbell. I don't know uh, what that is. Which I can't fully recommend. It's a it's ring.com. They make a doorbell and you put it on your thing. And then w- when people ring the bell, you can then look at them off your iPad. It rings on your iPad or your iPhone, even if you're in London like I was recently. Uh, and you it looks you can talk to the person and see them even nice. if you're far, far away. I, used to, I had a friend, uh, a rather uh, affluent friend as a kid who had that kind of thing hardwired in their home. Right. That sounds cool. It's uh, it's cool. It doesn't work perfectly yet. It, it, like, I think they'll probably improve it uh, or else I would have made it one of my picks officially. There's a proximity deadbolt. Have you seen that? No. Like it's a deadbolt that unlocks as you walk up to the door. If you have your phone on you. Well, that's see, that's kind of cool. I like that. I love proximity stuff. There's just nothing that's truly accurate and dependable yet. Right, that's the thing, and then then once that's the case, then it's kind of garbage. Yeah, absolutely. I find that the I try to do these location reminders on mm-hmm. the phone. That doesn't work at all. No, not for me either. That's garbage. But I have all the lights in my office are wired up to a combination of proximity and motion sensors. Mm. And when they don't work, I uh, find myself standing in the uh, the entry to my office, waving my arms, wishing I had just put a switch on the thing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so what's your third pick? No, wait, is it? Yeah, yeah, no, I just did the blood pressure. Um, Mine is a little strange, but uh, I just went back. I just um, returned from Paris, France, where I went on a little uh, vacation by myself. And it is um, a great place. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a lot easier. I just I had a revelation myself and I feel like this is as much worth sharing as anything, which is that going to an incredible place like Paris is both easier and more worth it than uh, people realize. Um, Turning that off. (laughs) Um, 
uh, and because I, I had this time scheduled to have a vacation, but I didn't know what I was going to do. And the very last second, I found last minute fare and uh, went to um, Paris on an airplane and got a cheap hotel room. And then they have city bikes there and you can just bike, 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 bike everywhere. Uh, and it's the most incredible and actually not that expensive uh, or hard to do vacation. So uh, Paris, France. <laughs> that sounds I'm leaving on Wednesday to go to the East Coast to kind of do a Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine vacation. Also beautiful. It is beautiful. But I've always wanted to get over to Europe. I've just it, it's the uh, trans ocean flights that, but you know, scare it's just. Me. It's that's the thing. You got to get over that. It's a long flight, but whatever. It's just not that big a deal. It's not as big a deal as as I have it in my head either. It's just if you know, I could afford a first class on those, right? Well, that does make a huge difference. You get yeah. business class, first class. But you know, you go on a flight, you sleep, you have an iPad, whatever, and you get through it. And it's uh, maybe you're tired when you get there, and then you're in Paris, though, for God's sake. Well, yeah, and 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 yeah. There's a there's a trade off, but like you said. For me, like twelve hours in coach would yeah, that's right. I would be insane by the time we landed. I've done it though. I've done that many times, and it's you know it sucks, but you get through it. <laughs> I, I would. I, I I could pack lots of uh, opiates and sleeping pills and yeah, survive. Exactly. Oh, the, oh, TSA makes that harder. But all right, Paris, France. Yeah, and, and that's P A R I S. <laughs> if you're gonna Google it. I think they ha- they are on Google. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So my last pick is mm, it's it, uh, this is going to run a lot of people's lives. Uh, do you remember the game Monsters Ate My Condo? Yes, vaguely. It but was yeah. it, the Super Monsters Ate My Condo sequel to it became an obsession for me, and I couldn't stop until I had a trillion points. And I got there, and then I finally I let it go. And then Pickpock, uh, Adult Swim Games, made uh, Monsters Ate My Metropolis and put it out last week. And wow. instead of being like a hand skill, like flipping condos back and forth game, it's a card game. It's uh, reminiscent of like Magic the Gathering, which I never played. And I had my reservations about it being fun to play. And yeah. I have... I have Spent at least half an hour a day playing it, if not more, on weekends. Oh, my God. Ever since it came out. And uh, my wife is already annoyed. Like, as soon as she sees the bright flashing lights on my phone, she just rolls her eyes. But- oh, Lord. I, 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 I literally don't think I can even look at this. <laughs> I'm just, the, the way you're describing it makes me feel like I can't. I just can't. It, it will kill productivity. I, I guarantee it will put a dent in your... Oh. Uh, your productivity for the I'm the literally ha- I'm having like Ajita right now, like goosebumps because I like I know I'm gonna look at this thing. And well, and jump. it has like it. Uh, the graphics are all like um, overblown anime, bright rainbow colors flashing, and the soundtrack is ridiculous, and it becomes very, uh, very drug like. In wow. that when you don't have it, you miss it and you fall asleep and you, you crave that just overstimulation of color and light and Jeez. sound. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, I, I, I got caught up in Candy Crush of all things. See, I never I never got into that. Oh, but I, and then I just had to go cold turkey on that. I just had to get rid of it. Yeah, I knew plenty of people who were in that boat. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't I basically don't play games because I know how sucked in I can get and I stopped playing games 
pretty much regularly in, in 1990, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> and uh, with a few lapses here and there, but I just, I, it'll kill, you know, kill, kill it all. I only play games on my iPhone, and I mean that very seriously. I don't even have a game on my Mac. Right, but good. my iPhone, I love games like uh, Super Stickman Golf and Letterpress, where I only play it when someone else has finished their turn. And then I play my turn and I put it away until I hear back from them. Right. That's easy for me. I got sucked into some Scrabble recently the same way. (laughs) But, you know, it just for me, I feel like it is fun and I love those. I really do. But um, I guess for me, I feel like if I can just there, there are other ways that I'll be happier about spending my time, I guess, like reading something or not holding the phone. You know, I just was thinking about how you're waiting for somebody to meet them for coffee like it used to be you just sit there, maybe, you know, and there's something to be said for being bored for a second. You have a, you have a wonderful <laughs> perspective. Thank you. you, you I, are, I don't do that. I don't do that. <laughs> None of us do that. But I'm just saying, like, I believe me, I'm the guy who wakes up and like uh, puts on a podcast like the second I'm awake so just to keep me company while I walk to the bathroom. Yes. But yes. I hate myself for that. <laughs> I think you, you have an interesting uh, perspective as far as your age group is yeah. just just far enough ahead of mine. You're not old, but uh, you have um, memories of, I guess I grew up very much with this kind of technology at its birth. Right. And my adult life has been kind of what we do now um, as far as like technology and the way we handle it. But you had a little more time. You had the uh, the 80s. I had the, yeah, I grew up in a house where when the phone rang, it just rang and rang and rang until <laughs> somebody either picked it up or didn't. There was not even an answering machine. At and first. once you picked it up, you had to stand there and talk. Exactly. I mean, that's later. Sometimes 80s. I wonder about how, like, I can't imagine doing what I do to like film production where you're dealing with a thousand different people on different topics all the time. If every single communication was a phone call, <laughs> it's just like, oh my God, that makes, makes me want to puke. I hate phone calls. I no, just turned I down to. I'll text I, them later. I've also gotten over the st- the taboo of returning a call with a text. I just constantly do that. Oh, yeah, me too. Especially with my mother. Yeah. Um, She's gotten better at responding via task, t- text. In fact, yeah, the only time I really, I either, I don't even really email with my family anymore. I just FaceTime with my kids and we say hello and look at each other or not. That's the, the first time I, I was walking through San Francisco with Victor Agreta Jr., and he pulled out his phone, and this was right after FaceTime was released. And he FaceTimed with his kid back home, and uh, and it was amazing that he basically tucked his kid in while we walked to dinner. Yeah, that's amazing I, technology. I do that all the time when I'm working or when I'm anytime I'm away from my kids. I just give them a quick. I don't really I, I tuck them in and stuff, but I just always <laughs> say hello, you know, good night to them. It's, um, it it makes a it's a big uh, step up from the phone call when you get back to your hotel room. And you're right. bragging about being friends with Victor Agreta Jr. I worked with him. All right. I worked for him. All right. We get it. <laughs> really cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I name drop left and right. That's what I do. Yeah. Um, so you are, uh, you're David Wayne on the internet. Uh, all one W-A-I-N, word. W-A-I-N. In case you're curious. Yes. David yes. Wayne, and that works on Twitter, that works on Instagram, that works yep. with a .com as a, a web destination. I'm very easy to find. And uh, I assume that through any of those portals, you can find your recent projects. 
That's right. I mean, if you go to davidwayne.com, I do keep that updated. So that's a awesome. good place. All right. And, uh, and definitely, if, if listeners have not seen uh, both the first day of camp, uh, Wet Hot American Summer first day of camp, and Hurricane of Fun on Netflix, highly recommended. And I am uh, I'm TT Scoff everywhere and at brettterpster.com. And uh, thanks a lot for being here, David. Always a pleasure, Brett. Anytime. Anytime. I wouldn't do that. We'll, we'll, I'll try to not bug you too often, but this was <laughs> definitely fun. So thank you. You're welcome. And, uh, and we'll see everybody in a week. Bye. Thanks again to this week's sponsors, Smile and Symbolicons. Go to smilesoftware.com slash systematic or use the offer code systematic for 20% off PDF Pen, PDF Pen Pro, or Text Expander for Mac through October 15th. Use the offer code ESN1 for 40% off your choice of icon bundle at symbolicons.com and let SaneBox end the madness of your inbox by going to sanebox.com slash ESN. We'll